Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. In today's episode, Francis is joined by the directors of the Church Intensive, Sean Brakey and Rob Zabala. The Church Intensive is a ministry of Crazy Love called to serve the global church and help train and encourage pastors, church planters, and leaders. Francis shares how the Church Intensive began and what the Lord is speaking to him regarding some of the current challenges facing the church. So we pray that this discussion encourages you and helps ignite a passion to see the church be faithful to its biblical calling. All right, well, welcome. I'm Sean Brakey, and I'm joined with Rob Zabala and Francis Chan, and and we're going to be uh, talking about some different things in regard to the church. Um, this podcast really exists to help serve the church, leaders in the church, and really, I mean, the the beginning of all this was six years ago or so. I mean, we our church started nine years ago, but six years ago we started having a conversation among some of our elders around how can we help leaders out there who are wrestling with a similar like heart for the church, a similar tension within them, like, man, I'm reading the scriptures and what I'm like seeing in my church experience isn't quite matching up. I don't know what to do with that. Francis, could you say a little bit about like kind of the start of the intensive and where you've th- seen things evolve and we are church going? Yeah, well, we had a lot of people writing in uh, through emails just questions about, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? I hear about what you're doing in San Francisco. Um, and then also there was uh, just kind of a an emptiness or like a frustration in a lot of them. Like, gosh, I've been doing this for so many years. This doesn't feel like it. You know, there's something more. And, and as people want to spend time and ask me questions, I'm like, I really don't have you know, time to answer everyone, but I care. And the idea was, hey, can we, maybe we can get these guys in, show them what we're doing. Maybe we can learn from them as they learn from us. We can tell them the mistakes that we've made. But but beyond that, I, I think the deeper thing was I was concerned about where they were spiritually. Like it seemed like they had lost some of that thrill, like I get to be this leader in the church and and I have such an incredible like union with Christ and I'm trying to pass that on to my people. Like I wasn't hearing that. And so I remember, Rob, you were struggling with, man, how do I minister to ministers? And I'm like, you you don't get it. A lot of these guys are are not where they want to be spiritually in their walk with the Lord. And and here they are, the leaders. Is there some way we can build them up in their faith while they're here? Can we get them reconnected in their oneness with Christ and, and give them an excitement about the church again? And so that was that was the heart behind it. It wasn't like, hey, we've got the perfect formula. Come learn from us. But rather, wow, I really love what I'm doing right now. I really love the church. I feel a life in this. And I want to pass that on and also be honest with, gosh, this is really tough. Like some days are miserable in this. And yet I have this peace about the, the, the direction we're headed and, and the way that we're going. And so I can fight through some of the discouragement, but we can teach them through the mistakes we've made as well. So that was a heart behind starting the church intensive. Rob, I'm curious, like as Francis 
shared that with you on the front end, like what you've experienced as far as the pastors coming through. We've gotten to sit with over 2,000 pastors, leaders in the church. Like, What have you seen of that? And maybe Francis can speak into what you've seen. Yeah, I was just being obedient. Francis said, hey, just get these guys in the presence of Jesus and encourage them. There's so many guys that uh, are on the verge of tapping out and burnout. And I didn't really understand, but he said, just pray with them. And I said, yeah, I can do that. Let's do that. So over the you know last five, six years, we've got to pray with so many amazing men and women of God and just sit in the presence of Jesus for hours. And there's times when people would come and before we get into the content or anything, we'd pray for two hours every day before we do any teaching. And they're like, that was the most powerful thing that we did. More than anything you guys taught us or modeled or anything, it was just being in the presence of God. So I seen the effect of it. I seen the effect of just sitting with Jesus and people being refreshed. It's almost like that passage where it talks about in Acts, we're sitting in the presence of God and repenting for a time of refreshing. And I'm like, man, that's, I've seen that. I've seen that over and over again. And it's been a joy to watch. Yeah, I see. But the thing is, and I, and I think why it's so impactful, a lot of things we do, you know, like, like today we had a, a, a meeting, right? But we pray and we got in the presence of God for that hour, hour and a half. And it, w- it wasn't planned or whatever, but it was just awesome. But we do that quite a bit. Other people never do that. Like there's so many, so much pressure. And that's why when they come here and they experience, that was part of the heart too, was look, we can write stuff down in a book, but they won't catch it. I wanted them to spend time with you guys. I wanted them to spend time with some of our people to see what God had done in their lives because everyone can write the same thing. Oh, God is moving in our community. Um, We're seeing this, we're seeing that. But until you taste it, until you actually meet those people, then you get to see, oh, wow, that's what he was talking about. That's crazy. And some of the stuff that's become normal to you, um, I don't think you realize how fascinating it is to other people, just the simplicity of getting into the presence of God with the people you serve with and just enjoying his presence and worshiping him, you know, for a couple hours straight and just going, yeah, we do that all the time. But for them, it's like so busy that we lose sight of the most important things. Yeah, you know, as as the conversations go in this direction, it, it just gets me thinking about a lot of what we've been talking about recently here of like solitude, prayer, uh, intimacy with the Lord being so central, you know, Francis, I know in your life, you, we've modeled that really well. Like we see that and I see the endurance that you've had in ministry and your zeal for the Lord. And just if it seems to me like that's like the, the key for lack of a better term. And, and that there's a lot of leaders out there struggling, like, do you feel like that would be your main encouragement to them is like that? Connection? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you remember as, as leaders, we we're trying to figure out our values and thinking it through again. And we're going and, and as I'm looking at this list of like five things, I go, I hate that this 
intimacy with God or this being a devoted worship of, her, of him is one of five things. It's like it's not. Like, like me knowing him and desiring him and just my oneness with him is, is like everything. And it's, it's out of that that these other things come. And these other things are, are, are almost so that I would be closer to him. Like everything is about, gosh, I just want to know him. I want to be so close to him. I want to experience everything I can about God while I'm on this earth. Like scripture says, that we could be filled with all the fullness of God. What does it mean when Christ says that his father and he would would come to me and, and eat with me and live with me and I could abide in him? And, and so during those times, whether it's alone or corporately, like this fellowship with Jesus, you know, like uh, it's, 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 you know, what Brother Lawrence calls it, practicing the presence of God, like he's just there and I love him and I love being with him. And, and I don't hear a lot of talk like that in the church, which is crazy to me, because then what are we doing? Um, if people are not walking around going, I love the person of Jesus. And they say it in a way like they mean it, like they really know this person and they've been in his presence. Then, then what are we doing if we're just talking about stuff we learned and um, the message we heard and a new song that just came out versus like people just genuinely seem to know him better and better. Yeah, it's interesting as as you're talking, I'm thinking about like both of you, Francis and Rob, I feel like carry something that is not very common or I mean, of, of course, it's out there, but I don't see it too much as far as like men of action who are like um, going for it and out in the community, you know, you know, very like action focused, but also very much like fighting for solitude and fighting for time alone with the Lord. It almost seems like you're either sometimes the extreme of like the desert father out disconnected from things and praying or the person that's so busy in ministry that they don't have time to spend with the Lord. So if either of you have thoughts on like, how do you, I guess, walk in both? What's the encouragement to like, you know, active in like living out your faith day to day, but then fighting to not lose sight of intimacy with the Lord, solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard someone use, I don't remember the term, monastic, mono-apostolic or apostolic monastic. You know, it's, it's like you see in Scripture both. There's this monastic side where you just want to be, like, like David says, I, I just want to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I just want to gaze at his beauty in the temple you know, it's like, oh, my my soul just thirsts for him. When can I meet with him? When can I just be in his presence? You see Jesus, like, just getting up before it was even light out because he had to be with his father. He was always escaping to these lonely places. So that was Christ. And yet, meanwhile, there's a mission that he has on the earth. And so it's both. 
It's this seeking of intimacy with God. And the way I understand um, monasticism in the early days, it was it was not, let me just retreat and just live out there forever. Like that wasn't the intention. For some, it ended up being that way. But the idea was I need to get away and get my mind right, my heart right, my spirit right with the Lord. I just want to be with him. And that will prepare me to go back and do these crazy things in the presence of God, in, uh, in, the, in, in the presence of people. Um, because now I'm not a people pleaser. I don't, I, you know, I'm not living for them. I've been so filled up in this time with God and he's with me. He is so with me, and he's the one I'm trying to please. And so while I go out to these people, I have this depth because of my time alone with him that pushes me into the mission. And so it's seeking that that person of Christ and then seeking the mission that he calls you in. It's, It's almost like the Isaiah experience, right? You're in the presence of God, and in that context... God is going to say things like, who shall I send? And you're like, send me, send me. So I, I, I believe that one leads to the other. Yeah, exactly what he said. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I think, you know, I've watched Francis over the years, you know, and he reads the Bible and, you know, he could get theological and stuff, but really he's like, I need to do this. And so that part has really helped me when I read the scriptures. Because I'll get in conversations in our house churches and things, and sometimes it just gets really informative and heady, and it goes nowhere. Nobody will do nothing with it. So it's almost like you have to have somebody around you, or you have to take the initiative and just say, God, like you said, send me. I want to do what you said. Jesus said, you love me, you obey my commandments. So, you know, you've said that to me many times, like, and I think that's it. So obeying and doing that stuff, but sometimes you get lost in just doing, doing, doing. But I trust that the Holy Spirit's saying, slow down at times. And there's, I've seen you pivot. I've seen you pivot in seasons where sometimes you're going out and you're getting away. And sometimes you're just all in it. Let's go mm-hmm. 110 miles mm-hmm. per hour. And I really believe you're following the leading of the spirit. I look at you and I say, that's what a spirit-filled leader looks like. It's not just, I do it this one way all the time. It's like, that was good for that season. Now let's pivot and let's go this way. And it's almost like, uh, a balance isn't the word, but it's like almost like a song and a dance. Like going this way, now you're going that way and you're just kind of following the leading of the spirit. I've watched you do it and that's helped me in my life uh, really listen to him and say, okay, it's time to kind of take a step back for a minute and be with him for a while longer than my normal disciplines of the day. So that's been beautiful to learn from you and to watch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you're going far and fast, and then other times you're slowing down and saying, hey, I'm going to go sit in mm-hmm. the woods or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Kind of confusing, but it just... It is. It is. But I was talking to some leaders in Hong Kong this morning, you know, and we, you know, because things are going nuts there with COVID. They finally got it. Yeah, it's it's like Hong Kong's crazy. No, it's just weird. It started there, but they really no one got it in Asia. Now it's 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 going wild, and so now they're um, really having to hunker down and everything. But we we're just talking about uh, patience and and yet a readiness to move whenever God wants 
us to move. And, and I thought about that cloud, you know, and the tabernacle. Is, and it's just, okay, it's time to move. And sometimes when it's time to move, people may have been, we just got here. Like, I like this area and you're telling me to move, you know, but the cloud's going. And there may be other times where the cloud's sitting in one place and you're getting antsy and impatient. Like, I'm just going to go. And that would be more me. Like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm more of the one that's like, wow, the cloud has been sitting here for three months and uh, I'm kind of bored. And then there's others that the cloud moves and they're like, no, I just want to stay in this one spot the rest of my life. And, 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 and in some ways, I know there's people, oh, I wish the cloud were here and he could just tell us, but the Bible's saying the Holy Spirit is better than, than having that cloud. Like the glory that's available to us, 2 Corinthians 3, is far greater than that of Moses. The ministry of the Spirit is supposed to far surpass that, that ministry of, of condemnation. And so it's like, oh, God, I want to be that type of person where I'm not forcing something and moving ahead of the Spirit, but I also don't want to be held back. And with that, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are going, yeah, but what if the Spirit is really leading? I feel like he's leading me in this direction, and uh, but my people don't want to go. Um yeah, welcome to ministry, right? I mean, that's that was Moses saying, he goes, these aren't my kids. Why do I have to take care of them? And and, and it, it does get frustrating when, when we live in a time when there's so little trust in leadership um, where people would, would say, look, I know you're, you walk with the Lord and I trust that you walk with the Lord and I trust that the elders walk with the Lord, but my way's better. And you're like, Man, that's so wild to me, but that's just the world we live in. And so I know some of you guys listening, like, this feels like an impossible time to lead. Um, and I don't even know what to say about that other than, yeah, read Exodus. It wasn't fun for Moses either. It's just there's a peace about walking with the Lord and just obeying him and there there have to be times when you go okay lord as long as you're with me i'm good to go but if you're not with me i don't want to go anywhere i don't want to go to the easy place if you're not there moses was about the presence of god and it almost feels like god had to remind him like hey i'm with you and that's enough and moses is like oh yes that is more than enough in fact, can I have more of you? Can I see your glory now? It, I, I think that's something as leaders we all need to hear that, gosh, there's so many times when things didn't go the way I wanted them to or expected them to. I didn't see the revival like I shared with you guys this morning. I don't, I don't know that I've really seen a serious move of God. I've seen things, but I don't want to say a movement, um, even with our churches. At first, I thought, okay, this is happening. You know, we're growing. But then, man, all sorts of attacks started coming. And, and at some point, you just go, you know what? No, Lord, this is what you've called me to. And you are with me. I'm happy. I'm content. You're my shepherd. I don't, if you're not having me lead a time of revival, and your time is just 
having me prepare people in this one place and that's where your cloud is sitting, I'm good. Yeah, as you bring up Moses and Exodus, it it just like, it strikes me too how okay it was for Moses to bring those things to God, right? Those like, man, the people aren't listening to me or like the people are trying to overthrow me. And he would consistently go to the Lord, just like you're talking about. He would come to him and God was like consistently gracious to Moses mm -hmm. and even would like honor him in ways that almost, almost make me uncomfortable where it's like, you guys, you know, like God, like disciplining those who are like speaking against Moses. Mm -hmm. So there's something I think, yeah, that you're hitting on that's important for pastors and leaders out there to remember, like, like you can bring these things to the Lord. And, and I don't know, I, I guess what else would you speak to that as far as like God's posture towards leaders in the church? Because mm -hmm. at the same time that we were reading Matthew, is it 23, Jesus rebuking the Pharisees. So like I'm reading... God honoring Moses as a leader and like defending him. And then I'm also reading Jesus, like ripping into the Pharisees at the same time. In our yeah. And then there's, you know, Moses striking the rock, which I go, I would have done that. I think, you know, and worse, I think I, I don't understand it completely. And because of that, he's not going to enter the promised land. Or I think of Saul when he's like waiting forever for Samuel and Samuel's late. And uh, so he's like, ah, I'm just going to go offer the sacrifice. And because of that, the kingdom's taken away. And so you, I, I'm still wrestling through it all where I'm going, Lord, I don't want to say the wrong thing to you because you're so holy. And yet there's no point in me saying something I don't mean when you already know what's going on in my heart and that's more important to you. And I don't know, lately the Lord has just been reminding me of just how much he knows. And so there's no point in me putting on any kind of show. You know, like Jesus says, it's out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And uh, I don't know if you remember from sermon prep class from way back, you know, because Sean was with me back in the Cornerstone days. And I... And I talked about um, humility, I think, in our preaching class. And, and I, gosh, be careful. You don't want to try to sound humble. You know, that's, that's like lame. You want to actually be humble. You don't want to sound loving. You actually want to genuinely look at these people and care about them. And, and we have to be so careful with this, you know, communication because you can get good at sounding humble and sounding loving and sounding like you revere God. Meanwhile, God knows your heart in the same way in our prayer lives. Like, I'm just realizing, gosh, Lord, you know what's really going on in my heart, so I might as well just say it. And then I'm telling you, my heart is messed up. Fix what's messed up in me. And and just have no boundaries with him because it's by faith you know that he already knows everything. And so I'll tell God, like, Lord, I thought greater things were going to happen when we were in the tenderloin together. Man, I thought we were going to see a revival out there and I thought we were going to make disciples and I thought there was going to be a church in every SRO. Like, I was believing for it. I thought I was going to see crazy healings and and repentance and it didn't happen thought the same thing in bayview 
It didn't happen. I thought the church would just take off. It didn't happen. And to come before the Lord and say, God, I, was there selfish ambition in me? Was there this? Was there that? And even now, God, am I being impatient? Um, am I not just delighting in you? Just trying to speak to him as honestly as I can because he knows everything. But I was challenged even this morning. Someone was talking to me and saying, yeah, but you got to be careful how you pray in front of people and, and you know, what can they handle? Just, you gotta be... And I was like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> like, once you start worrying about what everyone's hearing uh, as you're praying to God, you can very quickly not actually be praying anymore and not talking to a person and not visualizing who it is you're speaking to so you could care less what people think. You're talking to Almighty God and and having that honesty because honestly, there are too many guys who are praying and I'm just going, are they really talking to him right now? Like, is that really what you would say if you saw his face right now? You seriously would just talk like that? To, you, you know, like it's, are we really praying when we get in front of people? And I've confessed that before, that I'm probably 50-50 when I'm in front of a group of truly praying or being so uh, distracted by everyone's there and thinking about what they're hearing rather than what God is hearing. And... Um, now, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. Yeah, that's I don't good. Know that's, what good. We're about. that's good. So, so we we went into the original intensive uh, original intention of the church intensive and helping pastors six years ago. So the question is like, what about now? Like, what what are the things you're feeling for the leaders, the church right now? You know, we were talking before we started shooting the podcast about. We've been reading in Matthew recently. We're towards the end of the book of Matthew and just so much about be ready, be ready, like this readiness, this thinking ahead. And that's, it seems like a thing we've been sensing in general, but maybe you could speak to that. Some. Yeah. I mean, that's, he says in the last day, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And I think about Noah, he was preparing. So when it hit, boom, they were ready to go. You know, they're jumping in that boat because the rain's just going to start and it's just going to happen. And I almost feel like, like we gave this call, like, I want to, I want everyone ready to where if you're the only person in that city who knows the Lord, you're okay. Cause you know how to walk with him. You know how to make disciples. You know how to raise up your children. You, you know how to start your own gathering. Um, and, and we're trying to prepare our people for that. But that's really hard when you lived in a comfortable country your whole life and there hasn't been much change. But then, boom, COVID hits, right? And now suddenly no one's allowed to meet. And now suddenly you can only get together in these little clusters here and there. And people are realizing, wait, we weren't ready for this. We weren't ready for this. Like, we, we, I, I don't know how to even lead my own kids. I mean, COVID showed us we were not ready for the storm. Um, parents were going, oh, gosh, we just need to have church again, whatever that means, um, because my kids are, aren't getting anything. It's like, well, ever since the beginning, it was supposed to be 
That's the great Shema is Deuteronomy 6. It's like the parents teaching their kids to love the Lord, their God, with all their heart, soul, and mind and strength and teaching it as you go out, when you come in, when you're along the way, like you write it on your doorpost, you do this. It's, it was the responsibility of, of the fathers, of the parents, and but we haven't done a good job preparing them. We've actually taken, done their job for them. And so they weren't ready for it. Um, we recognized people didn't know how to fellowship. So I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something online and I can just stare at that. And it, it was their whole paradigm of, of church and, and spiritual formation that was so dependent on a one-hour service in a building that they weren't ready to just move no matter what and be content. And you saw people scared. You saw people who were lost rather than people going, okay, I got this. I was equipped for this. Um, you know, let's just grab our neighbors and let's just sit down and get in the face of the Lord and seek him and get into the word. What's he's teaching you? Let's use our gifts right here. And that type of preparation. I mean, those passages are really talking about the return of Christ. Um, and we want to be ready for that which we want to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I mean, right now, at least in the U.S., it could change in a month. It could change overnight. It could change with one push of a button by any of these world leaders right now. And um, everything changes. And are you ready for that? Do you go, it's okay. I'm good if I'm totally alone. I'm good if there's two or three people around me. Um, and prepare our people for that. That was such a big emphasis of our church is we want people to be equipped, equipped disciple makers. But equipping can't take place in a classroom, just in a classroom. Just like I can't teach you how to surf in a classroom. I, I can teach you a few things, but then we got to get on the ocean with a board. You know, maybe I got to push you a couple of times. And, you know, you need to feel what it's like to have a wave just hammer you and you come out, you know, just gasping for air on the other side. And, you, you know, it's, it's, it's on the job. And that's, that was a, that was the heart of, of we are church in the beginning is like, we got to get everyone ready for this. And so we live in a ridiculous time. I'm 54 and I haven't experienced anything close to this, you know, these last two years. Um, and it just seems like it's going to escalate. And so there is this insanity, I think, of people that just go, oh, I can't wait till it gets back to normal. If we have a little bit of reprieve, we need to use that to train people up and prepare them for whatever's coming next to where we go, I'm, I'm ready for anything. Yeah, it's so powerful. I think that's when I first came around, you had mentioned that you wanted to train everybody so you could leave them off anywhere in the world and they can make disciples, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. There was another thing you said that at the end of the day, if it's just us and our families in the living room mm -hmm. and we're obeying him and loving him with all our hearts, then we can die happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it didn't matter how many people we had. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we get caught up. We want to see multiplication and all those things, but... Mm -hmm. It was just obeying Jesus, you know, it was just obeying him and saying, if it's just us at the end of the day, that took so much pressure off of 
me as a new leader thinking I had to multiply the church and grow it and make it happen, it changed things and it made me ready for like a lot of letdown, you know, a lot of letdown in the church, a lot of letdown in, in life and, you know, because my hope was fixed on just being with him, mm. just being with him in the living room and just mm. a few of us getting together mm. and loving the Lord and loving each other, that prepared me. Mm. And I think that's part of being prepared for this mm. season is really saying, you know what, things are going to look a lot different. They already look different. Mm. COVID mm. was the beginning of it, but things will look different. And yeah. what, where is our satisfaction? What What is our hope? And it's just really seeing him, being with him, and then engaging the lost in our communities. That was such a beautiful time for me in the beginning of Weir Church when I came, uh, just getting out there in the communities, being trained in evangelism, loving our neighbors. And it felt like you said, like almost felt like not failure, but we didn't see a lot of fruit out of yeah. the neighborhoods we're ministering mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. But I know God used it. Mm -hmm. I know he's making us ready and yeah. preparing us. So I don't think it's a loss. Yeah. I believe it's true yeah. that he uses all yeah. of it. Yeah. Good, you know, so. Yeah, and I remember one talk we had too because you were discouraged one day and you were feeling like, man, is it me? I, I feel like I messed this up. I messed this up. I messed this up. And I'm like, hey, you can't go there because the moment you do, then when things are going well, you're going to take credit for, like, wow, I did this, I did this, I did this. And I think that's really important for people to get early on like you, you just be faithful and just just go for it of course you're always repenting and finding things off in yourself but you can't say uh this didn't work yeah there's no movement of god because of me um somehow like because otherwise you'll be like oh there is a movement god because of me yeah. um it's just Lord, I just want to be faithful to you. Sorry for the times when I, when I screw up, and um, yeah. but you just enjoy serving Him. I've used that story so many times. Yeah. You're being gracious, but <laughs> I remember you said, "So if it went well, would you take credit for it?" And I was like, "Of course not. No, I wouldn't. It's because yeah. that's pride in your life." Yeah. And I was like, oh, "It was good. I needed to hear that because it's like." We need that. I needed to hear, you know what? Why am I taking credit for something that I can't make happen? Yeah. It has mm -hmm. to be a move of God. And yeah. why I would take credit if it mm -hmm. did, and that's pride in my life. And I'm so thankful for those conversations. But it's real. All of that stuff, I think, is preparing. I mean, Jesus said it. Like, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. The church is going to flourish. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it might look like a... a even for leaders that are listening and stuff, it might look like this isn't working, you know, but that's not true. God is just preparing us mm. for what's next. Yeah. He's just preparing us. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing for us to labor through these things and suffer through them. But end of the day, I have to believe and we have to believe that the bride will be clothed with yeah. fine white linen and these will be the mm. righteous acts of the saints. Yes. So, you know, it's an encouragement. It's hard, but yeah, you know, it, along these lines, like one of the things that I've been struck by is been, we've been reading through the Old Testament, and right now we're in Numbers, is how much God is intentional in like the process He's intending to accomplish in us 
in the circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we as humans tend to be, especially like leaders in the church, tend to be, I think, very like goal-oriented, outcome-oriented. And there's there's a danger in that because, you know, the Israelites, they're thinking like mm-hmm. the goal is to get to the promised land. And God is taking them through a process that is strengthening them, that is deepening their faith. And it's just so hard in the moment to remember, like, why am I not seeing what I think is supposed to be happening? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. God's actually way more intentional about your own sanctification and growth than you are. Mm -hmm. And he loves you so much. He's letting you go through challenging circumstances Mm -hmm. where you have to grow. And I think, you know, that season of COVID was like a refining season. It was one where... I, I know, you know, Rob and I went to a, a pastor's meeting one time where it seemed like everybody was like, like wanting to quit. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, and, and it was like, wow, this is, this is, they've been going through a lot. Yeah, yeah I've certainly gotten that way. Um, I remember, you know, towards the end of my time at Cornerstone, there were just some times where my soul was just so burdened because I'd feel these convictions from God and, and, and then some people were with me, some weren't. And then, you know, how churches divide all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's the last thing I want. I don't want people to fight. Like, I hate the disunity. And, and no matter what I said, someone had a problem with it. And then I'm watching every single word. And then pretty soon you're not saying anything. And it was just such a difficult time. And I remember a friend of mine, um, a, a fellow pastor, you know, watched a podcast or something of me. And and he just, you know, calls me like, dude, are you okay? You are, you don't sound like yourself. Like you're just messed up right now. And, and he just, he's the one that actually told me, he goes, look, I, God is preparing you for something. Um, When you come out of this, you're going to be ready for something he has down the line. I forgot the wording he used, but it was similar to what you were talking about. And, and, I, and, and I've preached it so many times. You know, James 1, consider pure joy whenever you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces this perseverance. And let this perf- perseverance have its perfect results so that you can become mature and complete not lacking in anything like like let it do its work so that you can become mature the idea is at the end is your maturity but i'm just stuck you know sometimes in this american idea of success and comfort like oh cool things are going well because i think things did go so well for so long and uh, that you you tend to expect it and then you don't realize that you almost feel like trials are um gosh like a lack of christ's blessing on your life right rather than i mean that's that's what jesus came to overturn in some ways was the pharisees and some you know or people back then kind of teaching oh god's blessing is on me that's why i'm rich and that's why i'm so comfortable and Jesus came and flipped it around and said, no, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, you know, because you'll be comforted. You know, it's, 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 he, he flipped the script. It's like you think that this is blessing, um, but it's actually in the trials and the difficulties. And, and to be able to rejoice in those times, to count it all joy because your church is fighting with each other and you're losing this, that, and, 
and to go, okay, no, I'm being, I'm growing in perseverance. And a lot of people, so many pastors feel like quitting, but when they don't, they are growing in their perseverance. Um, it's just, this is part of it, that feeling of wanting to quit, join the club. Um, but when you don't quit, that's when you grow into maturity and you can become mature and complete. It's part of the process. And I, I pray that for my children. I don't pray that their lives would be easy. I go, God, I, I want some conflict in their life. Um, I want some trials because I want them to be strong and I want them to one day be mature and complete before you. And so sorry if I complain like, oh, what went wrong, you know? My daughter didn't get into the college she wanted to. It's like, no, thank you, Lord. This will mature her. And, you know, whatever these trials are, we, we have to learn to rejoice in them because this is about our sanctification. And it is always about preparing us for the next thing. That was really good. I feel encouraged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to hear that. I almost cried on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, you know, while you're talking, I'm thinking maybe we could close on, you know, you shared at our all together about meeting with uh, and talking with believers in the Ukraine mm -hmm. uh, just while all this is going down. And as we're talking about readiness, as we're talking about like resilience, um, I guess, w what were you mm -hmm. gathering from yeah. your time with them? Well, a couple things. One, first of all, it was so cool to... Uh, see these believers and I was they showed me a video you know because we we're on zoom and he just shows me a video of their gathering that morning and they're they're dancing they're singing they're celebrating I mean it's like nuts they're going off like it's a true celebration but to get to that place was crazy like I mean you've got bombs going off and you were not supposed to leave but they wanted to gather and celebrate the Sabbath and so they did, and it was like, wow, this is crazy. This is the stuff the rest of the world doesn't see. And, and then uh, he's shown me uh, footage of his wife and kids in the basement, and his wife is crying, and he's saying, hey, those actually are not tears. <laughs> like, she's sad. She is weeping out of excitement and thanksgiving because a rocket just missed our house, and the family's still alive. And, and it's like, oh. Gosh, it's so beautiful. And you see the resiliency of some of these people. Now, on the flip side, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago, I was hearing from some leaders of division in the church. Um, and it's really sad where they said, even in the midst of war, we have charismatics and conservatives and others still fighting about theological things. And even in the distribution of food, there's preference based upon denomination in some circles. And so sometimes in the U.S. we think, well, we're all fighting with each other because we don't have a common struggle or enemy. And when that day comes, then we'll unite. I go, I don't know. I think it might just be a heart posture um, because here they are in the midst of war and 
food shortages and everything else, and yet there are still some that are fighting over doctrinal differences that are not core issues. And that's crazy to me. And so pray because there's, you know, it's, it's got to be nuts. You know, I was in Hong Kong when, when people were pro-China or anti-China and just divided the church. Um, back in the U.S., it was over Black Lives Matter or some other political issue, um, whether it was, you know, the Democrats and Republicans and, uh, you know, who we're going to vote for. And, and, and now, you know, you've got people in Russia and Ukraine, you know, that are... And, and we in the U.S., we just assume that, of course, you're pro-Ukraine and anti-Russia, but that's not necessarily true in all the East. I mean, it just depends on what news you read. Um, and yet all of these things, depending on, you know, the this information war that we're in the middle of, uh, whether it's mass or no mass, you know, um, vax or no vax all these things are dividing the church of christ and so you know a nuclear bomb hitting our east coast or something like that i really don't think is going to unite us um there's deeper issues of just not taking god's word seriously and not eager to maintain the unity of spirit and the bond of peace as 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 christ really prayed for um so I know there's all sorts of you know struggles in Russia, even within their own country, of those that wrestle with bombing their own people and those that are pro-war, anti-war, and we're voting on for this leader or this leader. And I'm just saying nothing should divide the body of Christ. Nothing should divide the body of Christ. We have a creator who said, I want you to be one, and this is the goal, is that one day I will unite all things under his feet. This is the picture, and, and he died to, so that he would make the two, you know, there would no longer be two men but one, and we would be united. This is what his death was for, and so we have to figure out a way to have this resiliency of I will not divide with you because the Holy Spirit of God is inside of you, and I am terrified to divide with you. And so let's figure this stuff out with that assumption. It's like my wife and I, we are not going to divorce. We determined that. We made a vow over that. And the Bible tells us not to vow. So I don't even know if I did the right thing, but I made that vow. And so I'm not going to break it. So whatever issues we have, we're going to work it out. We will work it out. Like the church has to take that into account when you say you believe that I am a believer and that I have the spirit of God in me, then you need to make a commitment to me. When you see that I am the real thing and the spirit is in me and Jesus is the Lord of my life, then you need to love me and I need to do the same with you. And then we've got to figure out, okay, let's talk through this thing with the understanding that we're not going to divide. And so I think some of that stuff we need to figure out now, whereas I think in my mind, I thought, no, once tragedy hits, 
once we go to some crazy war, once you know some other country comes and takes us over because we're getting weaker and weaker every day, then we're going to unite. And now I'm not so sure. Thanks for your time. Super powerful. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.